Hello everyone and welcome back to Partners in Crime. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Caroline. And we just want to start off this episode by thanking everyone who tuned in last week. Um, That was the most views we've ever gotten and that was really awesome to see. So thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in and honestly I hope you stick around. Please stick around. (laughs) I promise you will not be disappointed. No, you will not be disappointed. Absolutely not. Um, And also we're going to provide some updates on the Summerwells case throughout Um, because it's still ongoing, and it's a very interesting case, and yeah. And yeah, we're just going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start off with my case this week. It's a very straightforward case. I found it on TikTok. Um, (laughs) To be honest, I saw it on TikTok. I thought it was interesting. Um, it's interesting. Um, hold on. That's yes. the most, like, Gen Z statement. I, I found this true crime story on TikTok. It's so interesting. Yes. I'm sorry. Um, I hate that I said that. I <laughs> probably won't add that into this, but I did find it on TikTok. And it's disturbing to me because pretty much the whole thing was caught on camera. Other than, like, the act of murdering mm-hmm. was not, but, like, the rest of it was. Like the build-up or, like, the aftermath? The build-up, the aftermath. Um, Nothing, like, gory was on it. I watched it. Nothing, like, gory was on it. But, like, you can see... Yeah, I'll explain the security footage later. On October 22nd, 2013, 24-year-old Colleen Ritzer was staying after school to help tutor one of her students, 14-year-old Philip Chisholm. Miss Ritzer was a well-loved math teacher at Danvers High School in Danvers, Massachusetts. She was known to have an open and friendly nature towards her students, and she always helped them when they needed. Chisholm had just moved to Massachusetts from Clarksville, Tennessee, and Miss Ritzer tried to have a conversation with him about his move, and he became very disturbed. He was very upset about this conversation, about this move to Tennessee, from Tennessee. So she shut it down. It was like, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to ask you about Tennessee since it's a tough subject. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit before 3 p.m., which is when I assume the school day ends, I will say the security footage, the building looks kind of empty, so maybe school ended earlier, but it's set around 3 p.m. Miss Ritzer leaves her classroom to go to the bathroom, and shortly after, Chisholm follows her with with his hood over his head. Um, He's 14? Yes, 14-year-old. So, freshman in high school. Mm Baby. Baby. In the security footage, when he, like... He walks in and out of the classroom multiple times before he fully walks out of the classroom with a hood on. So, yeah. looks like he thought about it a little. I don't think he really, I don't know. I think he had a plan. But as he's walking towards the bathroom, following behind her, you can see him pull gloves out of his jacket pocket. Why did he have the gloves? Um, he had the gloves because he approached her in the bathroom from behind, scaring her, slashing her throat 16 times, and then raping her. What? And this is over asking about the move? That's all this teacher did. Like, he stayed after to get tutoring help in math. And she was like, how is your move from Tennessee? Don't ask me about that. Yeah. What? Um, after this was happening, another student walked in on him, um, and he was pulling his pants up. So she was like, oh, someone's changing. So she walked out really quickly. Didn't see anything, I assume. Um, not really sure how, because there was a lot of blood. So yeah. she must have really just... Oh, oh, sorry. Chisholm calmly walks out of the bathroom with his hands covered in blood, his shirt covered in blood, his jeans covered in blood, and he leaves the school to change clothes. Uh, so you can see him, like, 
he doesn't run. He just walks out of the school, like very calmly walks out of the school. I'm not sure how nobody said, um, excuse me, why, why, do, you have, why do you have blood all over you? <laughs> nobody Where said are you that. coming from? Yeah, like, what's going on here? He walked out, and then you can see him walk back in. Um, the article I read said 10 minutes later, so I'm going to say it was 10 minutes later. You can see him come back in in a different jacket, different jeans. And then he just starts running back and forth. Like, he was running back and forth on the hallways. Like, it was really weird how he was just running back and forth. Mm -hmm. Also, nobody said anything. Like, if a kid's running around school, I feel like somebody's going to be like, hey, what are you doing? Especially if, like, the school is empty. You would think, like, what's all this noise at what? Yeah, and, like, there was, you can see in the surveillance, it's mostly empty, but there's, like, a few teachers and students that walk by, like, some points of it. Mm Because, like, I mean, after-school programs are happening. Like, there's some people in the building. Like, the building's not completely empty. Um, But eventually he returns with a recycling bin, rolling it into the bathroom. He put her body in the bin, rolled it out of the school, um, very casually, still. Not sure why somebody's like, why is this kid that goes here has a trash can? Like, why? He put her body in a wooded area near the school. Um, Police said that they believe that she was still alive when she was in the bin but like barely like she was barely alive but she was still alive yeah um he dumped her body into the ground and posed her in a sexual way and then left a note on her body saying i hate you all what happened in tennessee no kaylee you know i know very little okay but he left the crime scene covered in blood he took her credit card and used it to buy fast food and a movie ticket later that evening um yeah he took a night he took a night out on town alone with this woman's stuff he was found shortly after midnight walking the highway with a backpack on and police found him stopped him searched his bag there was a bloody box cutter in the bag as well as her credit card and her underwear um and he told police that the blood came from the girl He was arrested that night and charged with rape, robbery, and murder. While he was awaiting his trial in 2014, he committed a similar attack on a female staff member of the youth facility he was staying in, but she was saved because another staff member heard them, like, scuffling scuffling around and was like, hey, like, what's going on? She came in there and saved her. Um, He was never charged for that, but in 2016, he was sentenced 40 years to prison for the attack on Miss Ritzer. The fact that, like, he did it almost, like, to me, it seems, like, so confidently. Yeah. It seems like he's almost done this before. Like, he seems like a serial killer in the making. Um, there's no, like, anything that he's ever killed anyone other than her. Yeah. Um, and other than attacking that other woman. But the only thing, like, that I saw about the Tennessee thing that triggering him is that his parents got divorced in Tennessee, and his mom had said that it was a very stressful and difficult divorce. That is the only thing that is said about Tennessee. Yeah, I guess that's why it caused, like, he was very upset about the divorce Mm -hmm. and just Tennessee in general and, like, the memories from there. But he told police and the court that it was her fault that she was murdered, not his. Because she asked about his move and, yeah. But, yeah, that's it. Uh, It's a very straightforward case, but it's pretty terrible that is so gruesome it's so gruesome and disgusting 16 times 16 times and then rape term that and then like being so young at age 14 yeah like that's it's just creepy not creepy it's just um it is creepy though 
the way. Like the, I don't know, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but just, um. Disturbing. Disturbing, yes, it's very disturbing. Like, it's a, like when you brought this up, I thought like, the, the older lady, of course, will murder the student. No, the student murdered the teacher. She was a 24-year-old teacher. Like, she just Young. started. Like, she just right. graduated college. Um, but, yeah. She was just trying to get to know him. Yeah. She was trying to be a nice, engaging teacher, like everyone said that she was. And she was that. That's yeah. who she was. She was a very was going to loved teacher. After. Yeah. She was helpful to our students, our math students. Like, I wonder, um, like, how long it took him to, like, formulate that plan. Gloves. Like, where did he get these gloves from? But see, he would have had them in his bag. Like, the police also said that he had the gloves and a change of clothes in his bag. So he was thinking about it before this. Oh, so... Yeah. Did they charge him, like, with premeditated? The only... They charged him with the murder, the rape, and then robbery. That's it. Mm -hmm. I think it was first-degree murder, though. So that's... Isn't that... Yeah. Well... But yeah, that's the murder of Colleen Ritzer. So the case that I have for today is... I'm calling it the Wife Swap Murders. Um... So, recently, the television show Wife Swap has been put on Hulu. Which was a blessing, by the way. <laughs> I grew up watching Wife Swap. It's so funny. The best early 2000 TV show. So, I promptly began to binge the series. As of, everyone should. Of course. Um, so, in case you're unfamiliar with the show, the basic premise is that there are two families, usually from very different social classes, or lifestyles, for example, one will be really clean and very strict and the other family will not have as many rules for their children and will be a little bit of a slob. Um, And those two wives will swap for two weeks and the first week uh, they have to live by the family rule and then the second week they get to make their own rules for the family. So after watching a couple of episodes, I was just Googling like what the best episodes to watch was and I kept seeing uh, the recommended search of wife swap murder episode come up so obviously I clicked that, and I went down this big rabbit hole. So what's the episode? Yeah, so the episode I'll be referencing is season four, episode 15, and it's titled The Stockdale and Tonkovich, and it aired in 2008. I'm watching that tonight. Yes. It's so creepy, like, once you know the story, like, yes. looking back on it, because I would watched it, I read about it um, ever so slightly, and I, then I watched it, um... And I was like, yeah, this is weird. And then the more I got into, like, the details about everything, it was just so eerie to watch. But, okay, let's get into it, though. So the actual episode featured, um, one of the families featured in the episodes was the Stockdales. And this family includes the father, Tim, who was 48 at the time of recording, mother, Kathy, 44, and four sons, Calvin, 19, Charles 16, Jacob 15, and James 11. So according to the parents, they wanted to raise their boys in a safe, productive environment, so they left their city life and moved to a farm in Stark County, Ohio. And on this farm, they ruled over every aspect of their son's lives, like down to the minute. Um, Kathy said in the show, um, she said, when I call my boys to breakfast, they have four minutes, and if they aren't down there, they get charged every minute that they're late like they have to pay their mother yes now i do think it's like she said i think like a quarter or a dollar per minute so it's not that bad but like to have like such a strict four minutes not even five it was four which i thought was was it a big house it was a farmhouse so i'm gonna assume it's kind of like spread out yeah but 
Um, they have other rules, such as there was no dating um, unless the boys intended to marry the party. And I will remind you that when this was being recorded, the oldest son, Calvin, was 19, and he had said that he had never kissed a girl before. And now there's nothing wrong with being 19 and never having your first kiss, but I think it's more the fact that it seems like it was enforced upon him. Yeah, like he wasn't allowed to even experience right. that. He wasn't allowed to make that decision for himself. Yeah. It was, you're not dating. And it, they, the sons did seem um, fine with the rules that they had, because that's all they know. Um, Is it the mom and the dad doing this? Yes. Okay. They're both very, uh, very religious, very strict. And then I have, so on, on a part of it not being like, chosen by the children like to not date i have this quote from the family manual that i like read through uh that's like shown in the show both tim and i went to college and studied agriculture that's where we met each other in agronomy club and started to date before we got married although i was dating in college i don't want my boys to date until they're ready to get married charles is already asking questions about it so i sit down with them and explain that it's not the best thing to do just yet Teenagers can suffer emotional traumas or even diseases by focusing their lives on dating too early. I remember wasting so much of my time on dating that now I look back on it and it just seems so pointless. When they have established themselves, then they can go out looking, but not until then. Okay. Kaylee, what are your thoughts? <laughs> my thoughts. So, Charles is the 19-year-old, Charles I assume. Charles is 16. Charles is 16. Okay. Yes. I mean, I think it's awful that she's like, I had bad experiences, so my kids can't experience it. Like, no. Like, just right. because that's your life, that doesn't mean it's going to be theirs. Right. A. B, most experiences in high school dating prepare you for, like, your merit. Like, if you are going to find someone that you're going to get married to, like, okay, you've already been with people in the past. Like, you've mm-hmm. been through, like, you've grown. Like, you know how to mature in a relationship now because yeah. you've already been in the little high school, you know, drama of mm-hmm. the high school relationships, so you can move forward in that in college or whatever. Like, I, most relationships, not all, but most, like, being the first one that you ever have, you're not gonna marry them. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. It's not always the case, which is great, but, like, majority of the time, most people, you are not gonna marry the first person you date. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's making her kids wait until they're like older like she said after college so I'm gonna just say mid-20s like mm-hmm. you know what I mean that's very late to just start have dating. a first date yeah like to have a first I don't want to say first kiss but like I mean like first kiss first relationship like all of those steps that's very late to start that mm-hmm. in your mid-20s or even early 20s like I mean it's okay if 19. like yeah like, it's okay if, like, that just happened, but, like, they're being forced mm-hmm. to not experience that. That's different than just not experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. If, um, if these children were, were like, yeah, no, I... Now, I do want to say that in the show, they're like, this isn't... We, we're okay living like this. But they don't know any other life, so yeah. they can't say that they're not okay with it right. until someone's like, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Which I assume the person that switched yes. was like... You guys, need. you guys can go date. Like, I, her, um, the quote where she's like, you know, I had bad experiences. Mm-hmm. First off, like, that doesn't mean your children are going to have bad experiences. Exactly. Second off, if they do, that's life. Yeah, exactly. If you have a really, like, bad relationship, and you know, you guys just argue all the time, and you know, then you break up, and you're really dep- or like really sad for a little while. 
like that's okay and you're gonna grow as a person from that yeah that's what what children need I feel like Like, oh yeah because I assume if they're that strict about that they're probably strict about a lot of other things oh yes yeah yes they are I assume good good intuition Kaylee yes (laughs) (laughs) um but okay so continuing on with how strict they were the boys did chores on a token system um, so for each completed chore, the boys would receive a token, and they could put the tokens, they could put the, hold on, for each completed chores, the, God, for each completed chore, the boys would receive a token that they could put towards rewards, and these rewards were things such as listening to a radio show, or chewing a stick of gum. So they couldn't, like, okay, they have no entertainment, I assume, if they yeah, can't no. watch TV. I, I get into this later, but they um, don't have TV. They don't have video games. Their entire day is planned out by Kathy, and it's you wake up, you eat breakfast. After we eat breakfast, we then do schoolwork because they are homeschooled. I haven't mentioned that. Um, no. And then after being homeschooled, then you will go do work on the farm that we live in, that we live at, and we. The farm is the only. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, and then after doing farm work. Um, you I, I hold on I just want to finish okay sorry I'm getting I'm getting a little ahead um but like the conversion rate for this was um like 20 tokens equal to radio show 20 tokens so I assume like you sweep the floor you get a token yes but they were also judged on their attitude while doing the chore if they had a bad attitude they didn't get a token so you have to, like, be, oh, I'm so excited to sweep the floor. Yes, away. it was so controlling. Like, I understand you don't want your children to, like, be like, I can't believe you're making me sweep the floor and, like, a little disrespectful. But, like, also to, I don't know, it just rubs me the wrong token? way to, like, control their emotions. Oh, yeah. And being, like, you can't be upset today. You can't right. be. You can't express something. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, the boys are homeschooled by Kathy. And she said that the boys could not, she would not pass the boys in a course unless they made an A. Which is so much pressure. That's not how any school system in the world works. She said if you make a B, you fail, you have to do it again. She said she only expects perfection from her children. She's crazy. This woman is crazy. Um, And I forgot to mention this. There is a family band called the Stockdale Family Band because they are so creative. I have to give it up to them. And they played religious and blast bluegrass music um tim and all the four sons played an instrument in the band and then kathy was their manager of course kathy was the manager yes very controlling lady okay but like where did they play like do they go out and play yes oh they were actually very very popular a lot of people liked listening to them in this tiny ohio town they would they traveled really yes um that's weird so that's just weird to me based on their strictness well, it's so they can make money. Well, that's true. Because Tim worked, um, Tim had a job, Kathy did not, she was a, a housewife, and they were supporting themselves based on Tim's job, the band money, and the farm. Mm. So that's why they made the boys work the farm, because this is how we make money, and also this is yeah. how we're eating. Yeah. So, um, so... The parents' control extended beyond the physical limitations, and they even rule, ruled the boys' mental processing. And this can be shown from an interview with the swiped wife, like, slash mother. Her name was Lori Tonkovic. According to her, she decided that the boys should have more freedom during her week of change, 
but Jacob, who is the third oldest, freaked out and said that he would burn in hell over the changes, which were things like adding a television set and a video game console and also taking responsibility of chores away. That is so sad. It didn't show that, but she said that he ran outside crying and was like, my parents said I'm going to go to hell. The oldest one? The third oldest. The third oldest. Jacob. There's five kids, right? Four. Four kids, okay. How old is he? He is 15 during this. Wow. That's so sad, though, like, to think that something so small that mm-hmm. everybody has is going to, you're going to burn in hell because of it. That's Just horrible. watching the TV. Um, Calvin, the oldest one, he, they did show this part. Um, he walks off with Lori, the swapped wife, and is telling her, like, this isn't just our parents' rule. They were talking about dating, and she said, he said that this isn't just our parents' rule, this is also how we think. So you're not trying to just change our parents' way of thinking, you're also interfering with us. That's not how they think, though. That's the only way that they think they can think. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't been exposed to anything else, obviously, because right. they're homeschooled. So she's teaching them these things from since they were babies. They live isolated in this farm. Yeah. They're not not able to date. They don't really have friends, I'm assuming. Maybe they go to church. They didn't mention that, but maybe they have a community at church. But, I mean, if they're being homeschooled, like, I mean, I'm sure this isn't the case for everyone, but as strict as they are, they probably just do church within their family at home. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they didn't mention more, like, of their religion. They just mentioned that, you know, we're Christians. They didn't go into, like, their religion. I guess it's TV. Well, no, because there are some that are, like, very... That's true. Very focused on it. And they'll send them to, like, an atheist. <laughs> like, just yeah. screwing with them. No, like. yeah. So what was the... Well, I'll watch the episode. I'm not going to... Um, okay, so the episode ends with the Stockdale family adopting the video game system as a token reward. And... But ultimately, they just stayed the same. The episode aired in 2008. And so now we are jumping to June 15th, 2017 when the Stark County Police Department received a 911 phone call at 4.36 p.m., in which the caller immediately hung up. The call came from a landline, so the police were able to trace the location and went to the Stockdale farm, um, where they found the front door open. While approaching the door, the police uh, saw a figure standing in the doorway, and they had heard a gunshot. Once inside the house, the bodies of Kathy, who was 54 at this time, and James Stockdale, um, age 21, were found with gunshot wounds, and James was the youngest son. And so I have a quote from TMZ. Um, TMZ? TMZ, yes. I, I forgot do. TMZ was a thing. Which, okay, this is like the only place that I could find, like, what the police said. It was I On TMZ? Yes. Hmm. I, like, scoured Reddit. I looked up multiple things. I had to, like, watch a YouTube video. I just couldn't find, like, much of yeah. what happened. Um, But yeah, so I have a quote from TMZ that says, quote, uh, Law enforcement sources tell us that Jacob, who was the third oldest, uh, the one that cried and said he was going to hell, uh, Jacob fired twice at his mother, Catherine, with a 20-gauge shotgun and left her body in the upstairs bathroom in their Ohio home. Jacob allegedly shot his younger brother, James, once in the head near the front door and then unloaded on himself about 10 feet from James's body. Jacob shot himself in the face with the shotgun upon the arrival of the sheriff deputies and miraculously survived. What? How do you survive a shotgun to the head? To the, like, all that blast? Um, that so, is impossible. That is impossible. Oh, you want to hear something crazier? This man was talking. <laughs> they don't know what he said, but sources close to the case tell us that Jacob was trying to communicate with officers when they arrived, but they couldn't understand him. 
He was last listed in critical condition after being choppered to a, he- to a hospital. One last thing. We're told Jacob's father was not home at the time of the shooting and was stopped less than a mile from, from the home on his way back from work. Um, so where were the other kids? They had already moved out. Oh. Um, Calvin and his name. Calvin and Charles had already moved out because at this point they would be 29 and 26. Mm. Um, so Jacob, the assailant, was 25. Um, That's the one that died, right? The brother that died? James was the one who died. He was 21. Jacob, oh, Jacob killed James, James and Catherine. Catherine. Now, as for what exactly took place before the police arrived, I couldn't find anything. I attempted to order the court ca- transcripts, but it would have had to be done in person. And believe it or not, Kaylee, I do not have the time to make the 15-hour drive. <laughs> um, so I didn't even know you could do that. I really, I tried so hard to find like what happened Mm -hmm. but also um, I mean I feel like he probably just snapped right but I wasn't I wanted to know if it was like something that had been like did she do something that like made him snap or was it just you can't have a token today (laughs) stop that's really awful you can't have your stick of gum today you can't have a video game today nope um, but also, I, I was thinking about it, and Jacob suffered a traumatic brain injury, and he might not even, like, mm. honestly remember himself, like, what his thought process was during the time. So the one thing that I could kind of find that, like, gave insight to what happened is that the neighbors reported hearing 12 gunshots. So apparently the brother had one uh, gunshot in his head. The Catherine had two, so that's three, and then he had one. So I don't know where the other eight came from. So, okay, were their neighbors close to them or no? I don't know. No. I assume there's some distance, but I mean, if you hear a gunshot. But since it's in the country, I'm just assuming there's... Well, yeah, but Ohio, well, Ohio, I guess, is kind of rural Ohio's country. I don't think That's I could, odd. Like, look up where they are. Twelve? That's odd. Twelve. But there's only four? Four that have been listed in the article. Two in Catherine, one in And he only used a shotgun, right? Yeah. So, like, you have to... Like, you can't do 12, like... You know? Yeah. So, that doesn't make sense, but... Okay. Um, as for the aftermath, Jacob had multiple reconstructive surgeries on his face, and he had to learn how to walk and talk again. In September 2018, after spending a year in the hospital, Jacob was released and was promptly arrested for murder. He received treatment at the Heartland Behavioral Center where he received the diagnosis of a major neurocognitive disorder. Um, His psychiatrist in the facility was Dr. Panto. Panto? Yes. Um, And this is a quote from him about Jacob's behavior. So, quote, in the beginning stages, Stockdale had some trouble communicating and would mumble responses. He improved rapidly, however, after his medication was adjusted. However, in the recent weeks, staff members have been suspicious of Stockdale, that Stockdale has quit taking his medication. So quote, Stockdale had some trouble communicating and would mumble responses. He improved rapidly, however, after his medication was adjusted. But in recent weeks, staff members have been suspicious Stockdale had quit taking his medication, end quote. And I assume that's just because he had um, started to like regress. Um, And then there's also a so, uh, Jacob's attorney is named Eugene Kazantes, and 
he thinks that Jacob has schizophrenia Ooh. because the like staff... Like after or is this after the um, injury or like po- before? I, th- I think it's kind of like before. Like before he had, like I think like his entire life he's had schizophrenia and he's saying like this is why, this is our defense basically like. Oh, so he shouldn't be in jail because he has. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, but the reason Dr. or not Dr. Attorney Consantes thinks that he has schizophrenia is because there have been um, a couple staff reports of Stockdale having delusions and making bizarre statements, uh, such as him claiming to be able to walk through walls, and he told a family member that insects were spying on him. Um, the psychiatrist, Dr. Ponto, however, said that these symptoms of a psychotic disorder weren't credible, adding that there is a possibility that Stockdale was faking it. Um, Stockdale also, um, or Jacob also refused to complete some written examinations to determine if there was a psychotic disorder. And, but when Ponto was made aware of any delusions, he followed up with Stockdale and he had denied, Jacob denied any hallucinations when he was confronted. But attorney Consantes countered that this could be paranoia, um, a symptom of schizophrenia, which caused him to be guarded around Ponto, but Ponto said that this was unlikely. But long story short, Jacob's trial had been pushed back multiple times due to the questioning of his competency. But in April, 2021, Jacob pleaded guilty and was charged 30 years. Um, 15 years for each murder and his remaining family so his father and two older brothers had asked the judge to give Jacob the minimum charge Um, I wonder why um, well I I have some quotes about okay so I have this quote from Calvin the oldest brother about Jacob and he says quote I don't know why Jacob did what he did last week but I do know he is my brother I speak for our family when I say we love him and forgive him The prayers and support from my family have been deeply appreciated, and we ask for continued prayers for Jacob's healing, body, mind, and spirit. So they're they're very supportive. Um, The a very I don't want to say like Christian, but way of it, just you know. Pray for. Just yeah, even though you murdered my wife and son, you're still my son, which is is nice. I'm glad he still has a support system, even though it wasn't like the best one um but to like wrap things up I have a couple of quotes from the family that I I want to share the first one is from Tim about Kathy um he says that Kathy had been my beloved wife for 32 years and a wonderful mother to our four sons she loved nothing more than being a mother and a grandmother she had a strong love for learning and was passionate about her Christian faith natural health and organic farming and then um, I have this quote from Calvin about his late brother James and he says that James, our youngest brother, had always been a catalyst to family fun. Aside from being a gifted musician, James enjoyed dancing and had an in- innate love of people. He was working on a business degree and hoped to go into the business side of entertainment. He leaves behind many friends and a family that loved him dearly. And one last thing. Yeah. Um, this is a quote that I got from the episode at the beginning, and it's Tim talking about why he made the decision to move his family out of the city. And he says, the day we moved, we heard gunshots in our neighborhood, and I knew we made the right decision. That's crazy. When you know. Yeah, it was very eerie to watch it and... Know what happened later. Yes. 
Where did they live before they moved out of the city? I think just like a city in Ohio. Oh. Um, but I'll like with you. the kids or just the parents? I, I assume with the kids, probably when they were younger. Mm-hmm. It didn't say like when they had moved. So do you think, based on the YouTube videos and the episode that you watched, I haven't seen the episode, that he like thought about it before or it was just a snap? I, I'm not sure. I do think that after watching his two older brothers leave, mm. he's now 25 and he's not allowed to have a girlfriend. I don't know like what he was doing outside because like I said, James was um, in, like, in college now, so I don't know about Jacob. So I think he just felt like there was no other way out. Maybe, yeah. I mean, if he, like, I assume they went to, the older brothers went to college and then mm-hmm. were able to get married, maybe. Yeah, and they have kids, kids now. Kids, yeah. Um, but, like, and then his younger brother's in college, and then he's like, well, I'm not in college. I'm stuck here at the house. Some people are, like, debating on why he killed his brother. The, the theory that what I If they prefer... were the only ones in the house... Right? Yeah. So His father wasn't home. I think the reason he killed his younger brother was as a way of, like, protecting him almost. Do you know what I mean? Mm. From, like, getting older? Um, from just, like, again, I don't... Or his mom. Like, yeah, from the yeah. from the family being, like... Because he, he tried to kill himself. Like, he thought that was the only way out, apparently. Um... I mean, I think if the dad was there, he would have died, or he would have tried to kill the dad, too. See, that's the other thing. I was wondering, like, why? Because the dad wasn't there. Why? Like, what made him choose right then? Do you think the Wife Swap episode had any, like... Any hints? Like, what what are you asking? Like, I mean, like, do you think because they went through Wife Swap, like, the kids went through Wife Swap, that that caused any like damage onto them that it was like because that's a very quick it's a two-week process Mm -hmm. it's a very quick change and I mean it's really the change is just one week because one week they do the same things Mm -hmm. and the next week they change everything completely like that could have been a like he went he left crying like that could have been a shock to him see what I was thinking is that he saw like because you know before this this was their entire life this Mm -hmm. is normal this is how it's supposed to be and all of a sudden I have this other lady coming in my house and telling me that this isn't how it's supposed to be and this isn't how it has to be. Yeah. I So I think it was kind of like a catalyst almost. Well, not a catalyst because it took 10 more years, but just like kind of opened his eyes like, mm. oh, it doesn't have to be this way. Well, they had internet because they posted on YouTube. Yeah. So like... But they didn't... Yeah, it did say that in the family manual. It said they had a computer, but they had to get on, do what you wanted to do, get off. There was no... So you can't, like, Google stuff, look yeah, up anything. Yeah, you can't just be on YouTube doing what you want. See, because I feel like with a lot of, like, families like that, like, if they have, like... If they're able to get internet or whatever, that's just kind of how you get your own mindset away from your family. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they weren't allowed they to, to do that. Alley. They didn't get to do that. Um, well, I hope the older kids that left have moved like their minds away from Mm -hmm. that apparently tim the father told the police that he was like no nothing was wrong with our family everything was fine but like obviously not i mean it was broadcasted everywhere that you guys were a little 
you know, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has a different way of life, but like, to put that on children mm-hmm. is different than doing it yourself. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. We will see you guys next week with new true crime stories. Bye!